You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 114. Does the idea of working less on your blog but making more money make your head spin a little? The idea of setting boundaries and working less to make more might sound crazy, but our guest in today's episode breaks down how this can be possible to avoid burnout and still growing your blog and your income. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine Podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and I am so excited that you are tuning in to today's episode. Now, as you might know, if you have been around the podcast for a while, I do not do a ton of podcast interviews on this show, and I really love to feature certain people who have an expertise in a topic that I think would benefit you as a food blogger. So today, I am bringing on my good friend, Megan Porta, who was the perfect person to come and talk all about productivity and efficiency. Now, when you think of productivity, you might think about doing more. But productivity is really the measure of how efficiently you're doing various tasks that you're having to do in your business. And so in this episode, Megan is going to share her journey with cutting back on her to-dos and her work time, but seeing positive results when she has set those boundaries. But before we jump in, let me just introduce Megan really quickly, and then we will jump right into the episode. Now, Megan Porta is the founder of the podcast and community Eat Blog Talk, the number one resource for food bloggers who desire clarity and focus to achieve rapid transformation and personal freedom. Over the span of 300 episodes, Megan consistently provides valuable insight and tools to guide listeners along their unique paths to success. Her popular Eat Blog Talk Mastermind is the go-to place for entrepreneurs who want to break through their limiting beliefs and achieve amazing results within a supportive group. In every area of her life and business, Megan loves bringing people together to form lasting connections and friendships. All right, with that introduction out of the way, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Megan, welcome to the Vine Podcast. I am super excited to have you on today and to talk all things productivity. But before we jump into that, I would love to have you just introduce yourself for anyone who may not be familiar with you and just give us a little bit of a a welcome to your story. Hi, Madison. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, my name is Megan Porta. I have been a food blogger for almost 12 years now, which is crazy, over at Pip and Ebby. And I just create a easy dinners, a lot of things that help people entertain and give them a lot of information so that they can preserve their energy, which is ironic because we're kind of talking about that today, and save their time for the people they love. I also host Eat Blog Talk, which is a podcast for food bloggers looking to just gain confidence and level up in their businesses. I have a podcast that has hundreds of episodes that you can browse through if you are a food blogger looking to level up. There's so many topics. We talk about pretty much everything under the sun, including productivity and efficiency and everything we're going to talk about today. That is so awesome to hear your story. And yes, for anyone who has not checked out your podcast, I would definitely recommend it. It is one of the ones that I hear constantly from people when they're talking about food blogger podcasts that they like, and you really have covered so many topics. But something that I definitely associate with you is this idea of productivity. And I have heard you talk about this a lot. You've talked about it in the Food Blogger Summit. And like you said, in 
just even the way that you run your own food blog, I feel like really goes into this idea of being more efficient with our time and making the most of that. So let's start with just, could you define the word productivity and what that means to you? And maybe talk a little bit about what it does not mean, because I think there's a lot of mystery around this word. I actually looked up the definition before coming here to spend time with you, Madison, because I thought this would be relevant. So part of the definition, I mean, there are Like any other word, there's so many different ways to frame it, but part of the definition of productivity is the effectiveness of productive effort. So it's not just producing. It's not just being busy and producing, producing, producing. It's also being effective while you're producing. So I feel like for a lot of people, it seems like the secret to productivity would be doing more. Like the more you do, the more productive you are. But The secret actually lies in establishing boundaries and sticking to the boundaries so that you are more effective and efficient in whatever you're doing. And I believe that doing that is actually a form of self-care, which leads to so many other good things that can grow for your business. Yeah. And I love that because I think that is such a common misunderstanding about what productivity is because I think when you have this idea of like, I want to be more productive, your instinct is to say, I want to get more done. And I think that's probably a natural byproduct of efficiency and other, you know, parts of what productivity really is, but it's not the only end goal. And I love that you have already mentioned setting boundaries and self-care, because I think this is something that is so important for anyone who is running a full life, which food bloggers certainly are running a very full life between running a business where they wear 700 hats and then, you know, trying to have a real life on top of that. So let's talk a little bit about what that idea of self-care looks like to you. And I know this is something that you've talked about before, but how has that played into your life and how does that specifically play into this idea of productivity? It has been huge for me and I didn't recognize it for so long. It's almost embarrassing how long I let that go. But once I realized that I did not have any boundaries in my life, in my business, things were just bleeding over. I was working all the time. I was working during vacations and at night and times when my my husband actually wanted to hang out with me and my kids. I realized this early on in the pandemic that I just needed to start setting boundaries. I felt frazzled all the time. I was on the verge of burnout. I did not feel good. I was stressed. I was tired. And I had been home for like three months doing absolutely nothing, like sitting in my pajamas. So I was like, wait a second, I I need to like feel rested and I'm not even actually even going anywhere. So there's no reason for me to be so tired. So I realized the need for boundaries. I set the boundaries and then really quickly realized that doing so was a huge form of self-care that I should have done much sooner. And so I just started digging more and more into that. Like, what does this mean? How can I tweak this? How can I take care of myself a little bit better by setting more boundaries? And I've just been kind of obsessed with this over time and seeing how I can actually remove a lot of the work tasks that I was doing and like platforms like social media, for example, I hardly ever touch social media anymore. And just like picking things out of my life and seeing what happened and what's happened for me has been miraculous. It's been like just this whole world is opening up to me as far as like what's coming in, the opportunities flood in, more money comes in because I am removing, intentionally removing certain things from my life in an effort to just take care of myself better. I think that is so amazing to hear and it really is, it just sounds so backwards when you say it out loud because I think, again, our natural instinct is like 
to do more and you don't see your business growing. You just need to put more hours into it. You just need to do more, be in more places, publish more content. Like there's this kind of, you have to really break down that idea first before you can really make an effort with these things. So I feel like we could go a lot of different directions, but something I'm curious about from what you just said is how do you decide what to cut and what to keep? Because in the food blogger world specifically, you know, we're kind of told to be everywhere and do everything. So do you have a process for how you decide what to eliminate and what to keep? Well, in the world of food blogging, there are so many things that you can cut and keep. So that's the good news that you can really experiment with so many things. So for me, what I do is I personally take the things that I don't love doing and I just remove them and I see what happens. So last summer, for a long time, I just decided to stop posting on my blog, which is like <gasps> gasp because I had posted consistently every week for 11 years to my blog. So it was a really big deal. And guess what? Nothing happened. The blog didn't explode. I didn't explode. Nothing bad happened. And in fact, my traffic trudged along like normal. And eventually, yes, I started posting again and came up with a new and improved schedule for myself. But you can experiment with anything. You can experiment with the number of times that you post on your blog and the amount of content that you produce, you can experiment with a platform, like maybe try ignoring Instagram for a period. You can ignore Facebook. You can ignore creating video. That's something that I'm ignoring this year is video. I've just I've just given myself like a little slap on the hand. I will not get pulled in by video of any kind. And it's so freeing to be able to do that. You can also experiment with email, like really any platform or tool that you're in a lot. And the way to kind of learn where to start, I think, is by logging your time. I know you've heard me talk about this before, and I know you talk about it too, Madison. Time logging is one of the most powerful tools that any of us have access to. All it requires is for you to write down exactly what you're doing, when you're doing it, for like three days, at least three days, and ideally up to a week. And then once you have that information, it's like hard data that you can look at and tweak. You can change it. It's quite alarming some of the things that you will see when you log your time, but it is so revealing and helpful. So I would recommend if you want to create boundaries in your life, in your business, start with time logging. Log absolutely everything you do and review it with a fine tooth comb. And I promise you, you will see things that you need to change. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think this is a really good way to start even just evaluating what is producing results for you. Because like you said, there's often it's very alarming to see like what you're spending your time on. And for example, you might find that you're spending hours and hours on Instagram, but you're getting zero traffic from it. And I love that you kind of just broke down like, yes, there is a risk in not doing something for a short amount of time, but most of the time nothing's going to implode. And if you do see something crazy happening from it, you're paying attention. So you're going to know like, okay, I should not have done that. And I'm going to just backtrack and, you know, start doing that thing again. But most often I think it totally ends up being, it's like, wow, I didn't think that that was going to go so well. And now you're just free to not have to do that thing anymore. I remember when I gave up posting on Facebook for my blog and I was in my head, I was convinced something terrible is going to happen or like I had all this traffic that was coming from there that I didn't know about and suddenly that's going to be gone and absolutely nothing happened. Yeah. There was no <laughs> result at all from except for that I got a little bit of time and brain space back. So I love hearing that from you. So how does this idea of creating boundaries and working less 
actually translate into more money, more time? Like, how does the idea of less create more? Because I think, again, this is like such a hard thing for us to wrap our brain around. So how have you seen this, you know, come true for you? I think this is one of those things where you really don't believe it until you see it in action. And once you start putting it in action, you will see so many miraculous things come together. And I know that sounds like, really? (laughs) But it is so true. And I watch that in my own life and business. So I think there are a few things. It helps to narrow your focus on what is actually going to move the needle forward is the first thing. So when you do that time logging, you can actually look at the things that are making progress in your business and you can pinpoint them and focus more on those. It's that whole concept of like, what is working? Okay, then do more of that. And what is not working? Well, then make changes or eliminate it. It's the same thing. It also just helps you once you pinpoint those things that you need to focus on more, uh, it helps you become more efficient with those tasks. So then you start creating systems and you start putting things in motion that can make them more efficient. You, It's like one thing starts a chain of events. So that first time logging will narrow your focus and then you start thinking of ways you can be more efficient. It also gives your brain a break that it probably needs because as food bloggers, we do so many things. As you mentioned, we wear like 700 hats. And often, like I'm thinking about my job when I'm not even working. So I'm not even at my computer, but I'm sitting with my family and I'm thinking about working and it's ridiculous. So your brain, our brains, speaking collectively, myself included, we need breaks. And if we do not give ourselves breaks, then we can't allow good things to come in. So giving your brain that break that it needs opens space for your real life, for downtime, for quiet time, which is only going to boost your productivity. It's going to give you a creativity boost. And then creating that mental space will allow for opportunities to come in. I've watched this happen firsthand and it is so amazing to watch when you have a little extra space in your brain. Good things do come in. So good opportunities, good people, the people that you need to help you move forward in your business, and then also money and opportunities for earning money that align with your values and your business. And that includes clarity. So when you have that extra brain space, clarity comes in as well. So you have new ideas for projects that you should dive into or ways that you should direct your business. All kinds of clarity comes in as well. And I also believe that narrowing your focus increases your value. This is kind of a confidence thing too, but it allows you to build on the skills or areas of expertise that will automatically increase your value so that you have the confidence to raise your prices or, you know, start new services that you otherwise wouldn't have believed in for yourself. So those are kind of the main ways that I could directly correlate doing this, creating boundaries for yourself can actually make you more money. That's just so awesome to hear because I think everything that you just said is so true. And I loved the idea of like this concept of having boundaries around your time, that that is giving you a break. And I have seen that be true for myself as well. Whenever I take some stuff off my plate and really let myself have that free brain space, it's like the ideas just start flowing in. And I didn't have them before because I was on the edge of burnout. And I know that's something that you have, you know, already mentioned that that's a really big reason to have these boundaries is to protect yourself from that potential burnout. And I think that's just unfortunately such a common feeling in the food blogger space. And it's something that I think a lot of people have just decided is a part of food blogging and it truly doesn't have to be. So 
I would love to hear if you have any thoughts on, because something that I talk about a lot in that I'm really passionate about is outsourcing. And I know that you have some support on your team as well, but I would love to hear how you would maybe go through like a process of elimination when you're maybe setting a boundary of like, I'm not going to do video. How did you decide that you just weren't going to do something versus having somebody else do that for you, if that makes sense? Yeah, that is a really good question. So I would first create a time log, create a list of everything you do and just evaluate everything. And if there are things on there that you're not sure about, I would start with doing what I said earlier and just experimenting. So for me, that's video and like creating Instagram reels, for example, is that really doing anything for me and my business? And I gave this some serious thought because I know there's immense value in creating reels and a lot of people are doing it and it's important. But what was it doing for me? Was it getting me any traffic? Was it increasing my followers? And I felt like my heart was not in creating reels. So every time I created a reel, I'd just be like, oh, this is annoying. Why do I have to do this? So it's like that energy kind of carries over. So even if it did bring me like 10 people to my blog, it really didn't matter because my heart wasn't in it. So then I have to go to, okay, well, maybe I could outsource this. I don't really want to pay for someone to do video because again, like I just don't see it bringing anything fruitful for me for my personal business. So you have to kind of weigh those things. Like, is it worth your time? And then move to, is it worth hiring someone else to do it? And maybe it is, but if you say no, then you can experiment with just eliminating it and see what happens. And that's kind of the process that I go through. I don't know if that makes sense or not. That's how my brain works. Yeah, I think it absolutely makes sense. And I think it's important to look at the why behind it, like you said, is it something, because it's one thing to look at eliminating something that is driving results, but if it's not driving results in the first place, or it's not something you feel really energized by, then more than likely it's just going to end up being something that steals your energy instead of it being something that's like fruitful and productive for your business. So that totally makes sense. And I just, I feel like that is a common thing that business owners in general have to deal with is this idea of like, do I find someone who can help support this or do I let it go? And so I just was curious what your process has been for that because yeah, I just think it's something we all have to know what that process needs to look like for ourselves. Just like look at what, yeah, like you said, what what is it producing? If it is producing something like revenue or if your goal is to get a lot of traffic or followers on Instagram and it is working, then yeah, maybe continue it. But if there's just like it's not aligning with anything that you are striving for, then there might be an option to just kill it. Yeah. And I think we just have to let go of this idea that it's all of these things are contributing to the success of your business because in reality, it's probably just a few things, but we're just in the mindset of doing all the things that it's really hard to look through that and see what's actually driving results. And it's really scary to like think about letting something go that could impact directly like your revenue or your traffic. And so I totally get that it's a scary thing for food bloggers to like experiment with these things, but it's also not a permanent decision. And that's what I always talk about with outsourcing too. Like if you decide to experiment with outsourcing a particular thing, it doesn't have to be forever. And so in the same way, when setting these boundaries, and I know I get stuck on this a lot when I like make a new plan for something, I feel like it's set in stone for forever and it doesn't have to be. It can be something where, okay, I'm going to do this for a month or two months and then I'm going to see what happens. And 
you know, again, if you see these crazy results happening like overnight when you stop posting on Instagram, like maybe you should keep doing that. But most often that probably, if that happens to you, let us know because we'd yeah. be really curious <laughs> to see what the things are that actually affect it. Right. But, so let's go back to this idea of setting boundaries because again, like we've kind of mentioned, this is a, a tricky thing for business owners in general. And I think part of the reason for that is that we're just living and breathing our businesses all the time. And it's very hard to shut that off. So can you give us some practical, or I guess a practical process for how to begin with setting boundaries within your business? Yeah. I mean, I can talk you through maybe some things that I have done that really worked and then you can take or leave any of them. So I mean, I I know I talked about time logging. That is not a one and done thing. I recommend doing time logging consistently. So what I logged for my time and my tasks a year ago or two years ago has nothing to do with what I'm working on now. So I log my time every couple of months just to kind of tweak. So I say start there and then experiment with different things. Experiment with the times that you're working, the times that you're spending during doing, um, you know, quiet time or with your family or with people you love. Experiment with platforms like I mentioned, Instagram, Facebook, even your blog, like experiment with how often you're showing up there and just tweak it. You can also experiment with setting boundaries with people. So if you're hanging out with people who maybe are bringing you down, bringing your energy down, experiment with letting those people go or at least minimizing your level of involvement with them. You can also experiment with your email. And this is ongoing for me. I have a massive email problem and I for it's been a problem forever. <laughs> I don't know about you, Madison, but it's like the email. I could constantly be in here. I could literally just look at my email all day and just sit here and like reply and, oh, I didn't get back to that. You know, like it's it's a problem. So I am constantly tweaking this and it's a really big deal for me. So I removed it from my phone. I don't even have it on my phone anymore. And then I go through periods where I will like check it at four o'clock p.m. and that's it. And then I will go through periods where I'll check it at the beginning of the day and allow myself 30 minutes. And then at the end of the day, but I do not ever check my email after five o'clock and I never check it on my phone. And those are just personal boundaries that I've set for myself. I've removed Facebook from my phone completely. Not that I go on I don't go on Facebook much, but you know, we all have those groups that we love. So I don't even do that. I set limits for my Instagram usage. So I do use Instagram pretty minimally. If I use it throughout the day, I will just go on there and do like a quick round of comments, likes, and you know, like other people's content for a little bit. But I just do not allow myself to spend too much time on Instagram because that can be a huge time suck, as most of you know. And other than those Instagram dips that I go in, I really have my social media accounts on maintenance mode. So I have somebody uh, monitoring my Facebook page for my food blog. I have someone managing my Pinterest account. So maintenance mode as much as I can for social media. And then there's one last thing that I do that saves me every day. I have a say no list which I reference every single day because I am one of those people who can get on that slippery slope and just like fall fast into the negativity and the negative habits. So on my say no list, I write out things that I am directing myself to say no to no matter what, not get pulled into things like video for me. I just 
I can't go down that road right now. Maybe next year I will be called, I don't know, I'll have some like weird desire to start video up again. But for now, any temptation I have to create a video, I look at my list and I say, no, I have to be like the firm parent with myself. But it saves me. I have like five things on that list that I just have to remind myself all the time. And without it, I totally would have. I would have started creating Instagram reels. I would have gotten on TikTok. That's another thing. TikTok is on my say no list. I refuse to do it, not judging anyone who does because I think it's amazing. All of you people who have just crushed it on there. But for me, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it for now. So those are a few of the ideas about ways that I protect my life and my business and the boundaries that I kind of set around myself. I think the thing that I love the most about this idea of setting boundaries and some of the examples that you gave is you are almost taking the brain effort out of it because you've already made a decision about what that's going to look like. So when you have a brand reach out to you and say, Megan, we'd love to pay you a million dollars to make a video. <laughs> I mean, maybe that would change your mind. But you know, if it's if it's something like that, where it's someone approaches you and says, we'd love for you to do X, Y, Z, you're able to just without feeling bad about it, without having this like guilty conscience, you're just able to say no and move on. And I think that's really an important thing for us to have those just those boundaries and just to know like I've already made this decision and I'm not going to even think about it. And that's another like excellent way to be able to save that brain power for something else that's more important. So I really love that. And I wanted to touch on the email and the Instagram thing real quick because I feel like these are such, I almost wanted to say like an area of weakness for people and maybe that's just for myself, but I think having an idea of what those boundaries are going to be for yourself is really important. And so you mentioned email. I also do not have email on my phone. And I think when I first did that, again, it was this whole like, I'm going to miss something. I'm going to miss this amazing opportunity. And that just has not happened, but it's allowed me to really have those focus times where that's what I'm doing is I'm going and I'm replying to emails and it's become, it's gotten to where email doesn't have that control over my time and over my life anymore, which when you say it like that sounds crazy, but that's really what is happening when you don't have those boundaries. You're allowing those things to have control over you. And then with Instagram, I have um, like one of the screen time, you know, alerts or whatever. So it times me out of my own account. And of course I can enter in my password and get back into it if I want to. But even that second of it telling me like, Mm -hmm. oh, you've used your 30 minutes for the day. It's like, oh, do I really want to spend more than that on Instagram today? I really don't. So I'm going to wait. And something else that has really helped me is... I delete it from my phone pretty regularly. Like I will go a few weeks without having it on my phone, but I'll check it on the computer just to see if there's any messages or anything like that. And it is just not addicting on the computer Mm -hmm. at all. So it's a really easy way to like go in and do what you need to do without actually getting sucked in because it just doesn't have the same lure and effect. So for anyone who's struggling with those two things, hopefully those examples help. You kind of touched on this earlier, but I would love to just end with reiterating, how have these boundaries specifically affected your life? Like what have the benefits been for you in setting these boundaries? Because boundaries are just such a hard thing. And I really want people to leave encouraged by what this can do in their life. So many good things, Madison. I mean, I talked about that time before I realized I needed boundary help. It was crazy. I just didn't have room for anything. I wasn't prioritizing my family. It makes me so sad to say that, but it can do so many things and it has this really cool ripple effect. So I think the first thing I did was removing email from my phone actually and Facebook. And I thought, 
there's no way this is going to have a huge impact. And I just forced myself to wait it out. So it was like the beginning of June when I did this and I made a pact with myself. I am going to wait until the end of the summer before I evaluate. And by the end of that summer, so many good things had happened just from those two changes. So I started meeting all of these amazing people and so many that it wasn't just a coincidence. Opportunities were coming in, not just into my business, but into my life. I just felt more rested. I was making more money. Like over the course of that summer, my income went up pretty drastically. So, And there were maybe some other factors involved, but I would say most of that is because I had the space for creating the clarity and, you know, allowing other things to come in. So, I mean, I could go on and on. There are so many things that this will produce that are good. So I just encourage you all to make one small change or maybe two small changes to the way that you spend your time, create some boundaries for yourself. Even if they seem insignificant and small, they will produce massive results. I love that. And then the last thing that we had on our list to cover was I know you had some resources that are super helpful for people who are maybe stuck in this, you know, boat of feeling like they're on the edge of burnout and they really want to make some changes. So I would love to just give you the space to share what those resources were too. There are two books that I love and I found really helpful when I was kind of going through this. I remember putting my earbuds in and doing work in my, well, I don't really have a garden, but my weeds. And sorting through them while I listened to The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. It is such a good book. He gives you so many ideas about ways that you can increase your productivity, efficiency. I mean, yeah, he's just a, a world of knowledge and he has so many good ideas. And then along the same lines is The 5-Hour Workday by Stefan Arstall, I think is how you say his name. And it's the same concept. So you're taking your workday and you are compacting it into five hours. So what you would normally do in eight hours, you take that same amount of work and you put it in a five-hour window. And his point is that it's amazing what you can do when you know you have only five hours to do your job versus eight, you find ways to get it done. So those two books, if you're really looking to hone in on your productivity and create boundaries in your life, they are really, really good resources. Yeah, I will definitely be adding those to my list. I have started the four-hour work week many times, but um, have never gotten through the whole thing. But it's definitely a book that's been on my list. It's long. It's a long book. (laughs) But on audio is a good idea. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to share how people can connect with you and get involved with Eat Blog Talk because I know that this is an amazing resource for food bloggers and those who are familiar with it just rave and rant about it. So I would love for you to just be able to share, you know, how people can get connected with you. And, you know, I know that you love to be able to support food bloggers in different ways. I do. I love food bloggers. So yeah, if you have specific questions, definitely feel free to reach out via email. I will check it during my window of (laughs) time. Um, Megan at eatblogtalk.com. And then I also reply to all of my direct messages on Instagram. So you can go to eatblogtalk there. And if you are interested in joining an awesome group of women, right now it's currently just women, we have a mastermind program that is so amazing. By the way, that is another resource because If you want people to hold you accountable and tell you the things that you're doing right and not doing right, they will tell you we are so good at like just keeping each other efficient. So go to eatblogtalk.com and follow the buttons for Mastermind. 
That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting today, Megan. And I hope that people really take away, if nothing else, that they take away the permission to set some boundaries in their life to get more control of their time and their efforts in their life. So thank you so much for being here with me today. And I hope that every single one of you who is listening is encouraged by hearing Megan's story. Thanks, Madison. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.